You don't sound autistic. Well, uh, what does an autistic person Wait. sound like? You're autistic? Yeah, I'm telling you that. You don't even look autistic. But, but we're talking about... Yeah, but, but I don't buy it. But I, I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety and depression. You don't sound autistic. Welcome back to another episode of You Don't Sound Autistic. I'm Blake. And I'm Rochelle. And I'm autistic. And I'm not. We like to remind everyone to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform so you can be notified of the newest episodes when they're released. Make sure you join the Facebook group, join the group, join the conversation. That is You Don't Sound Autistic, YDSA on Facebook. Welcome listeners from different countries and all over the United States and all the new people that have joined the Facebook group. We just had someone new join today. Welcome. Um, we also have a website, you don't sound autistic.com. It's where you can check it, check out episode show notes and links to reference materials and episode posts. Check out the brain hugs of the shop to find the products we use to manage our daily lives. And Rochelle, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. For our new listeners, here's Rochelle's spiel. You don't sound autistic is a mental and emotional health awareness podcast. Each week, we do our best to represent both neuroperspectives and talk about the continual discovery process of life on the spectrum. Our goal is to illuminate, uncover, and transparently discuss life with multi-diagnosis through a multi-generational neurodivergent lens. We follow an open, unscripted conversational format that represents the real-life back and forth of communication and collaboration. Even if you aren't raising the next generation, you'll find the comparison of the age groups helpful in seeing the more hidden patterns in the DNA of your lifestyle and lineage. I hope that wasn't loud. That was obnoxious. Sorry. Just drop it on the floor. Just drop it on. There. Do what Declan does. I'm sorry. I'm trying. I'm, I'm, <laughs> this is this is a first. We're, we've been we're so behind because every little reason that you could possibly think of with the holidays and my new job schedule and the fact that I, I went from one job to the next job to the next job and now I have that job and my hours are crazy and so by the time it's like Rochelle could be like Blake do you want to record yeah at like four o'clock in the afternoon he's you're asleep yeah so I am eating lunch while we record just drop all first time ever I'm trying just leave me alone I'm trying <laughs> Oh, they got sauce all over my packets of stuff. <laughs> so specific. All right. Well, we've had a lot happening in the last month. I know it's been a holiday season for everybody, and that in and of itself is usually um, a pretty hectic time. Hopefully, you guys were able to carve out some peace and quiet throughout then, using it for rest and restoration um rest and digest that is right uh you know the more you can sleep there's been um you know a lot of intense i miss being able to sleep what yeah all you do is sleep no but well maybe i'm back to that point where we were in colorado to where i look at my arm I feel like I'm back in that point when we were in Colorado where I'm having like, I'm looking, I have to look at my watch. Oh, by the way, Rochelle bought me a smartwatch and 
over the holidays, we were like, let's not buy each other anything extravagant. Let's spend $20 or less. That's it. So Rochelle got three boxes of cereal and a candle. Mm-hmm. And I got a smartwatch, and um, that's not the end of it. I, I also got like a friend's cookie maker thing, and if anyone that knows me knows I love friends, I got like a little Darth Vader toy candy thing, and shit, what else did I get? I'm afraid that the I'm- The Mandalorian re- cast iron pancake. Yeah, thing. the little the Mandalorian cast iron pancake maker, and too much, oh, and, and a mug. I got a um, a Grogu mug with a little. Um, I'm not bragging, by the way. I'm just saying, everyone needs a wife like Rochelle <laughs> or a friend. But a, a little Grogu mug that has a um, a little uh, hot chocolate milk chocolate ball thing in it. Anyway. And I was like, I hope you like your cereal. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have milk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Anyway, I don't know. I had a point there, but my point was. Something about the smartwatch. Are you you gathering information that you did not know of before? No, I I, I don't. Dude, as much as. Look, I take medication. it, It doesn't take. ADHD and autism away, especially the ADHD. Well, actually, more especially, I guess, the autism. The autism, like, yeah. It, it's just me. But with ADHD, like, the medication works, but it only works for so long. What are you finding? You said you miss sleep. I mean, I've been... Oh, right. I Well, the thing is that... I, because so there's this weird thing that's been happening where since I started my new job working at the grocery store, um, my my arm gets numb, especially in my fingers and my hands. I'm so hungry. I just want to eat my food. So I'm going to talk and then let Rochelle talk, which I know that she'll talk long enough for me to eat this entire thing, which <laughs> is wonderful. So, somehow- But anyway, so my fingers get tingly. I get that pins and needles feeling. And then... I have to move and I have to move and I have to move and I have to move. And like when I was working at my other job, like I was sleeping like a baby. Like maybe you didn't see that, but I definitely knew that I was sleeping like a baby. Okay. And now I may look like I'm sleeping like a baby, but I am not comfortable. And I had I had to look at the reason I brought up the smartwatch is because it tells me like, oh, your sleep habits, and it tells you your deep sleep, and it tells you all these other things. Now, well, whether or not it's accurate, I have no idea, but it tells me that I'm not getting as much good sleep. Oh, and that's probably true, because, you know, one of the other things that happened in the midst of all this is you changed medications and you came off of a medication that de- that does have a nerve numbing impact. So as you came off this nerve medication. You um, can mention it was the gabapentin. Yeah. Well, gabapentin is used for many, many things on and off label. One of the things for off label um, is anxiety, but it also has like it's also used for diabetics and um, neuropathy pain in hands and feet and so more than likely you had this injury that was creating this pain in your 
in your hand, but didn't know it because the gabapentin was... I think it's because my penis is so huge. <laughs> okay. And, you know, I'm in my 30s now, and over time, it's gotten bigger, to be honest. <laughs> okay, I'll wake you up. And so now, you know, I, I have to stand up to reach the tip. I'm just saying. Okay. Before thanks, I could just lay for, down, but now I got to stand up. Now I, now I need to stand up to reach the tip. Okay. <laughs> the point is, you've been through point, a lot the, of change. No, well, no, the, don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> don't go there. I know where you're going. You've been through a lot of change. You've changed medications. That's now you've got an increase of pain that wasn't there before. But even though you have an increase in physical pain, you made that medication change. To try and um, alleviate some of the depression and those heavy feelings that you've been feeling in previous episodes, like where did your personality go? That kind of like listless, numb feeling, which is getting better on a new medication, even though you have this emergence of a physical pain. Which, by the way, if you have a physical pain like this, you're even though you couldn't feel the nerve. And, and the numbness and tingling in your hands before your brain was still dealing with it all. So it's, it's good that we've discovered it. Now we just need to treat it. We need to locate the source of it and resolve it so that it takes more stimulus off your brain. Because as you mentioned at the beginning, medication helps, but it doesn't necessarily alleviate everything. And your brain is like a central processor for all types of input, right? Sensory input, your thoughts, your feelings, and f and um, your physical input, as well as, you know, how restorative your body is during sleep and how nutritious your food is and the capacity your body has to heal and regenerate your immune system. Um, so these are all important details. It's quite a journey. I mean, we've always said from the beginning, this is not a this is not a destination. This is this is an ongoing journey, an ongoing dis self discovery and reinvention. And every time you solve one problem, it may uncover another, and that's okay. That's part of how we continue to move forward. So, you know, it's a it does require a bit of a commitment to continue problem solving. And staying in a place where you know that, A, you can solve the problem, and B, just because you solve that problem doesn't mean you're not going to uncover a new opportunity to improve something else about your health. Now, it's good to know that even though I know that you're tired and you're sleeping, you're not getting the quality sleep that you need because it's the quality REM sleep that helps your brain sort and organize through your thoughts and your feelings, the data, the experiences, right? All the different things that your brain needs. And especially with autism, the better you can organize your thoughts and your feelings in those data points, the better and faster you can recall it when you need it. So getting sleep is really critical, especially for those with autism. I mean, I would argue it's in, in critical for everyone, but especially critical for you. Let me just get a drink real quick. <sighs> what? <laughs> <laughs> 
You listened to nothing. No, I did. I, I just said sleep is especially critical. It's true. So are you finding it more difficult to function at work? Or are you able to function at work? Just not like, how is it? How are you noticing your day to day? I notice it when more when I get home, like I hit a wall. It's just very unfortunate because I'm a, I'm a night person. Yeah. So like I can stay up if I'm on the right schedule, I can stay up till like two or three in the morning and wake up at like nine or 10. Mm-hmm. But if I have to be up at four, I got to go to bed by like six in the evening. Yeah. And you are absolutely asleep before eight. Yeah. And I it limits it. a lot of what we can do um, because you're, you're awake when the baby's awake. And at this point, he's awake lo- uh, later than you are. When I was a kid, my bedtime was like 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, the sun's still up. My mom was like, go to sleep. Whatever. Well, we don't live in that world anymore. And even though I know my dad and my parents had like early bedtimes, I can't tell you what time my bedtime was. You know, somewhere between 7.30 and 8, I guess. But I don't remember it being a thing. Well, lucky you. So how are you feeling starting a new job? I mean, you're not only in a new job, but you're in a new industry. Um, You've made a lot of these changes. How are you adapting to the change process like overall? I mean, one of the things that I know you were excited about was that this particular job was going to give you more opportunity to walk, whereas you've been behind a desk for over a decade and being behind a desk can be comfortable, um, but it's also not very conducive to, you know, the best brain health because we know moving around is what's really best for you. So now you have the opportunity to do that more. Are you finding that that's helping? Um, You know, is there... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm getting in more steps. Like it's kind of to the point where, again, forgive me. I'm eating. You can hear me. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, that was bad. No, <laughs> um, but I'm 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 uh, I'm getting like ten thousand plus steps a day generally. That's good. Sometimes more, and I don't know. Like I'm at the point. Like I get a little frustrated because. There's a guy that works with me who's just above me. He's been there for like over 10 years, it feels like, or something. And so I have a hard time, the fact that I have so much management experience. Mm-hmm. And I have someone that really has no management experience, like where they're like, I'm a manager. Mm-hmm. And they, they're they're kind of trying to manage you. And you're much older than them. Mm-hmm. No, look, are you happy? Are you doing well? Are you feeling okay? How are how are you feeling? Do you have any questions? And I'm just like, no. Do you? Now, are you 
are you struggling because of the age differential or more just because you feel like you're starting over? Because you are on a, you were told you'd be eligible to apply for management in six months of starting with this company. So you're five months away at this point, you know, and you have the opportunity to kind of propel over him and his experience or lack thereof. Um, so is your frustration just immediately more of a reflection of like you feel like you're taking a step backwards or more like the interpersonal relationship between you and your work history versus him and his work history? Like wh where are you finding the rub? Um, I mean, I honestly feel like I should and you're going to correct me, I'm sure, but we've had this conversation off of the show many times. I should be further, I feel like I should be further ahead than I am mm -hmm. in my life mm -hmm. to have a 20-year-old telling me what to do. Sure. It's a valid um, feeling. Now, especially when this particular 20-year-old is being told what to do by another 20 year old that's their boss and then their boss is like my age so are you just evaluating current titles and ages because you know that if you were to stack up experience experience overall doesn't compare so is this a linear comparison I had a conversation with my friend, uh -huh. and uh, I got in trouble. Wait, what? I got in trouble. At work? When I was working at the other place. Okay. With Richard. Okay. And I made some comment about, because he's younger than me. But I went to a four-year university. Right. And he went to a film school. And again, I'm not trying to knock you, dude. <laughs> right. Just in case he have, have, ever listens to this. But his wife listens to it, so she'll know what I'm talking about. But I was like, oh, you know, jokingly, I was like, well, I went to a four-year, I went to a four-year school got it happened to get a degree in film and i was like and, and don't forget richard got his certificate in film and i'm laughing because he got so pissed that he was just sitting there and he was like wouldn't talk to me and then was like certificate i got a certificate well i make more money than you do bro and blah 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 blah, blah. and then you came in i was sitting there for the whole conversation no this was before you came in later at like a work party kind of thing. And oh, the two of round you two. Gave okay. Me crap. Well, because you attacked me also. I do not have a four year degree. And just because I'm educated. And that was the joke. Right. And the <laughs> you, both of you guys teamed up on me. We were both very hurt and offended. I mean, we right. we've made careers out of our non bachelor's degrees. And some people do and some people don't. But so is your frustration with these two 20 year olds 
more a reflection of the injury and hurt from that conversation you had with Richard and I a decade ago? Is it, are you still kind of feeling rejected over that conversation and now bringing it forward today? I'm annoyed because to this day, I think a college degree is an important thing to get. Right. You know, people will say, oh, just get a, um, you know, just get a uh, certificate, just get a, um, what's what, what's it called? Um, like a trade, you go to a trade school. And there's I, nothing wrong with going to a trade school, but the difference is you get a well-rounded uh, education when you go to a college. No doubt. And trade and schools are specific. And that to me is important. And that was something that like my father instilled in me and my grandfather and so forth. So I think I and I totally understand why. Because you want to learn to you know like you'll hear someone that like went to school and 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 they didn't but they didn't graduate and they're like books are boring. So like they don't read. Well no, you're looking for someone who learns how to learn and also it shows that you have the ability to complete something as arduous as a four-year diploma or for your degree but you're not using like you're well, not I working saw, and I, saw, I saw something the other day and this is maybe a bad example but i'm going to use it but because i can't remember exactly who said it but they were saying about how um excuse me they were saying that like a four-year degree for college doesn't necessarily <clears throat> doesn't necessarily show how smart you are. It doesn't necessarily show a lot of things, but it shows that you were able to show so, show up somewhere mm-hmm. for four years yep, and do a thing yep, and do pretty okay at it. Right. Now, if you do really well, you know, like I, I don't necessarily think I did great in college, but I did pretty well. I did probably better than pretty well. Um, and so it's frustrating because I'm like, I hear people that are my quote unquote bosses now saying like, Oh, I didn't even go to college. I didn't even bother. Right. But you're not working inside your field right now. The field in which you got your degree. It doesn't matter. But the point is that you're showing someone that you got a degree, that should mean something. It does mean something, but when you're in a brand new industry, you also have to learn that brand new industry. So just like you spent four years learning that field of study, when you change industries, you have to start over and you have to learn that industry. And every industry has its own expectations, its own logistics, its own language, you know, its own way of doing things, its own metrics, its own goals, its own customer base. Like, Everything about it is brand new. So the fact that you have a degree will mean something when you apply for a manager position after, you know, six months of tenure with a company. But to start out and learn the basics of any new industry and company, everyone starts at the same place. Now, some people are CEOs. They can come in and they can just you know, jump industries like that. And that's fine because they're not learning the nitty gritty of the customer base. They're learning, they're running companies at the highest level. So there's, it's not unilaterally true for everything, but you know, you're a very literal and logical thinker. So here you have this degree 
and working for people who don't have degrees and are, you know, two decades less um, experienced than you are, I'm sure you're feeling what duck out of duck out of water, little out of place. You're is it the social aspect that you're struggling with or just the career advancement, confidence, you know, feeling of continually improving your vocational resume? Like, what is it that you're struggling with? Because at the same time, I have more experience than all these people, but not in this industry. Right. You have no experience in this industry and you'll be able to leapfrog them once you gain that prerequisite experience. So it's linear to a point and then it's not linear anymore. Then you just get to pounce over them. They won't be able to leapfrog over you even with 10 years of grocery experience because they don't have your leadership and management experience. You see how this is a short-term problem. I don't like short-term problems. You don't like them because... Why? I'm eating. (laughs) No, you're just trying to pacify me. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess it may feel like a long six months. And how you feel is important, right? Because the number one thing that's going to get you through any transition is how you feel about it. And so... If you can keep your eye on the goal, which is to gain that six months of prerequisite experience, then the hard-earned degree and your, you know, years and years of management experience can then become a factor. Those were not factors right off the bat when you got this first job. They'll be factors when you apply for the next biggest job, the, the next big, you know, the the next position that you can apply for. So while you as a person may be struggling with the fact that your bosses are 20 years old, you are not on the same career trajectory as they are. Can you, can you see how that's different or does it just not feel that way? No matter what it doesn't feel that way because you're, because your day to day experience is taking direction from two 20 year olds who barely know half of what you do. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Okay. Well, perspective is the name of the game in pretty much everything. Um, This is going to be about your ability to remember what makes you different so that you don't fall backwards in this compare and despair trap that we've talked about that you're doing right now. You're comparing their current titles to your current title and despairing because they're higher than you, even though you know that on paper it adds up very differently. So you've got to keep yourself out of compare and despair for the next five months and then allow your experience and your resume to propel you to the next place, which they cannot do. In six months, one of you will have an option to move forward and it won't be them. So... How can you keep yourself out of compare and despair in the next five months? Um, 
<clears throat> well, we talked about this earlier, and you're not going to like it. No. You're going to take your top off. No. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> That's not a solution to this problem. It feels like the right solution. It feels it's like It's very no American. <laughs> it's no it solution. Is... There's no solution whatsoever, and don't objectify me that way. How's it objectifying you? Because you're minimizing my word. It doesn't matter. We're not talking about that. The point is, you have got to keep your your emotional stamina. In fact, I'm maximizing your worth. No, you're not. You're Nope. For the sake of humor. Nope. You've got to keep your eye on the prize here. Oh, both eyes are on the no, prize. No, 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 no. You, okay. First of all, the first goal you had was to get out of the job that you hated, which you have successfully been able to do. That's true. Okay. So one thing to be, if you're struggling for something to feel grateful for in this, during this six month transition, knowing that your bosses are younger than you and that you don't appreciate the gaps in experience and, and, uh, resume, the first thing to be grateful for is I'm grateful I'm not at that job, but that old job anymore. In fact, I'm grateful I'm not at either of my past two jobs. And just being grateful to be out of those places is a huge step because both of those places contributed to your depression. They increased your um, lack of self-esteem. They You felt trapped. You felt undervalued. You were, um, for, for many, many reasons, you were, um, taken advantage of your experience was not being well received either. You were, you were promised this position in both companies as, um, a participatory member of the decision-making tree and, you know, part of the group that builds the businesses, neither one of those promises were fulfilled so you were left unfulfilled as an employee and you are out of that you don't go there anymore you don't see them anymore you don't feel undervalued in those ways anymore so that's the first place to go okay I'm out of that the thing is is now that you've taken the pain away of being out of that situation it's so easy for the brain to adapt to the new pain and to forget the old pain that's what happens so now you're just adapting to the new pain, which is I got these 20-something-year-olds telling me what to do for a short amount of time, and that's your new pain. So gratitude helps us remember where we've come from. I'm grateful I'm not in those old jobs anymore. Everything else from here is a step in the right direction. And then bringing back in perspective, it's a step in the right direction. You are changing vocational directions. You're building your experience as a store manager by by cross applying your skills to new industries to recession proof industries which is very important and you're expanding the the wealth of your knowledge by putting it to the test with a an entirely new um format and way of thinking so that in itself deserves some time for you to learn. Now, you may have mastered this job that you're doing already because the job that you're doing is, for you and your skill set, very easy. But it's about taking advantage of that time to learn more of the ins and outs of the bigger picture 
so that when you have the opportunity to apply for a management position, you've learned the ins and outs of their business and you can make yourself a very viable candidate by applying everything you've already done. So, you know, you don't, well, you might read a book in one day, but the rest of us don't. So, you know, that's what this six months is allowing you to do. So is there anything in that that you feel like, okay, you can adjust the way you're thinking and put yourself on a timeline, on a growth plan versus just an immediate snapshot, compare and despair judgment? No. Why? Because I need a sip of my beverage. What was your question? Need, what was it called? Compare and despair? Yeah. Because of the compare and despair trap, you're losing perspective on the bigger picture of why you made this career transition. So can you, what can you do to remember why you made this transition, where you're headed with it, and that this immediate limitation and comparison is short term? And its purpose is not to show you that you're behind them. Its purpose is to give you the opportunity to learn the business ins and outs without the pressure of management. Because you know once you move into management, then you've got all those other concerns. Right now, you don't have them. So another opportunity to be grateful is, hey, I'm grateful that right now I get to learn this business without any of the pressures of management. If I had to walk right into management, that'd be overwhelming. That'd be overstimulating. That would be harder work. You get to do that without that pressure right now. I get frustrated, though, because they don't ask the right questions or do the right things. And then they'll do something like I'll do something and then I'll be corrected for something that's like kind of asinine. The way you're stacking those dog food bags isn't correct. You got to slam it down like this and you're going to put it up there like this and you're going to pat it down like this. Now, of course, you don't necessarily need to do that every time. Now, of course, when I hear you don't necessarily need to do that every time, meaning why the fuck are we talking about it? It's crazy. Yeah, I don't understand that. Do you ever ask for clarification? Well, you don't ask a lot of questions. And I'm like, don't I ask questions when I need to. Right. <clears throat> The only questions I usually have are, where does this go? And I'm not always with someone. So I'm not necessarily going to sit there and go, where does this go? Where does this go? If someone sees me struggling, the thing I get most frustrated by is that people will see me looking for something and they're like, oh, it goes over there. And I'm like, okay, guy that's worked it for 19 years, I'm sorry if it takes me a minute. I, w- I don't need you to tell me where it goes. I need to learn where it goes. Are you... So, are you frustrated that someone's trying to help you when you didn't ask for it? I don't like I don't like people helping me, assuming I need help. Okay, that's fair. I think. Why is that? Because, like, why? I guess I'm confused because the alternative would be 
somebody assuming you don't need any help and then you just get totally abandoned and they know you. I prefer that. Really? Yeah. You would prefer to be totally abandoned until you need help? Yep. But you don't ask for help very easily. Nope. So this seems kind of like a big catch-22 you've got yourself in. Why don't you like to accept help? I don't want to need help. You don't want to need help, but do you do you need help in life for anything? Like, is this in general or is this just in this experience? Eh. I gen I gen generally don't need help. Okay, well, as your partner for the last decade plus, I don't agree with that question with that answer. <laughs> you sound like a dude. <laughs> I don't agree. I just don't agree. I mean, you do want help and you do demand help. I'm just curious now as to why there's a situation in which you don't want help. Is this because it's work related and you feel like because you've put in so many years in a career, you you shouldn't need help? Like there's something in autism called the generalization of skills. Okay. So I, I, I feel like- Can I pause you for a minute? No. No, but I just want to pause you so that everyone else knows. Okay. If you want to go get a Coca-Cola or a coffee or take a shit, Rochelle's going to be talking about this for a good 20 minutes. <laughs> okay. And action. Go. That was really rude. No, it wasn't rude. Generalization of skills happens constantly, especially with autism. And that is because there's something that, that says when you learn a skill over here, you either totally apply it to everything else in your life or you fail to apply it to anything else in your life. There's also generalization of emotions. If you experience one emotion over here, you have a great tendency to apply that experience and that emotion to everything else. Well, if I had it here, it's going to be over there. And that's often incorrect in both uses of generalization. So it's interesting to me because you're finding yourself in a place of of conflict and you might not even know it because you've inadvertently generalized so many things that now when you walk into a specific environment with a generalization applied to it that you just take for granted now you're frustrated in ways that are almost illogical because you don't recognize that you've set up this prerequisite for yourself so you got yourself to a place at your old jobs where you didn't need help. I'm sorry. Keep talking. Where you didn't need help because you were at the top of the food chain, basically. And now that you've started a new job with a new career in a new industry, you're back in a learning phase and you've brought with you that feeling that you don't need to ask for help. And that you don't, and that you're uncomfortable with people trying to help you. You see how that's a problem? See how that's problematic? No. What is that? Is it a cat? I'm going to kick it. Just kidding. I'm not going to kick the cat. Good, because it's a cord. So that would be fun. That would be fun to watch you see. But, oh, it was, it was the rug. Stupid rug. Okay. What was your question? You've generalized this feeling that you don't need to ask for help because you're coming from the top of the food chain of your previous em- 
previous career. And now that you're back in a learning phase in a new industry, in a new career, you've taken with you that feeling that you've already mastered all this and you don't need to ask for questions and that you'll learn it over time. So you don't appreciate when someone who's been there longer is actually trying to help you. My problem is that it's, it's not what you're saying. It's that I have people saying like, wow, you, you're amazing. People are saying like, what people are saying, people on the street just walk up to me and they're like, Blake, do you work there? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, you're incredible. Um, and then the other morning I went into work and the, the, the one dude I work with, that's not the manager. He's like, the manager texted me this morning and I have something to talk to you about. And again, this guy's 26. The manager is like my age. He's like 30 something or 40 something. And I was like, oh, crap. And he goes, no, it's not bad. And I was like, all right, let's hear it. And he goes, oh, um, you're not moving. You're, you're, you're not lifting the boxes and moving them to the place where they need to be. You're moving individual units from the boxes and moving them to where they need to be. I was like, that is not really true. So I'm wondering if he he just saw me a few, like the few times he's seen me, because I don't work with him very often. I see him very rarely. I work with the other people more often. That he had seen me do that was something that was maybe very heavy and that to me, like it made more sense to move the individual objects Mm -hmm. as opposed to moving the box. Okay. And, uh, and so I, I was like, okay, well, what do I, and so then now, now they have someone always working with me. Like I'm being babysat by a 20 year old. And then that babysitter got yelled at today. For doing what? Um, He made a comment about, I can't really get into it. I don't want to. No, it's fine. Just some, not because he's not babysitting you well. Something um, he did. No, but like the assistant manager said, hey, you need to do this thing on this particular day. And he was like, oh, ha, ha, ha. I'm going to call in sick. Okay. And then she got pissed and she was like, oh, you know, Blake might not know that you're joking or another associate might not know that you're joking. And I understand where she's coming from and the fact that he said that was inappropriate, but I don't know the extent of their relationship. Mm-hmm. And then like an hour later, he came back and he's like, I'm back. I was like, all right, on. he's like, do you need to talk about that? And I was like, do you need to talk about that? Mm-hmm. It was just like, it was just weird. Well, because like you said, you have more career experience yeah, to read that. Experience. Yeah. To read that like, situation. To me, like, I, like, they, the the fact is that everyone there is dropping f bombs, and they're like "fuck this" and "shit that" and blah blah blah, and they do it in front of customers. Okay, I never do that. Nah, no, I I just don't have it. I have it, ever since I was a kid. I grew up with parents that were like "fuck you, you fucking cunt, motherfucker, shit ass balls, and fucking cunt." Yes, you did. 
And then when I'm in front of a customer, when something happens, I'm like, oh, geez, Louise, man, shucks. <laughs> right. Like, I just don't have it in me to swear in front of customers. Like, even when customers are like, come on, say fuck. I'm like, oh, fart. Right. I just don't do it. Okay. But again, you're, I'm, I'm struggling to stay with, so he Sorry. got in trouble because obviously his he, youth showed. He didn't, he didn't, right. And it was, the, it, it wasn't the first time, but it was like, there was something about the interaction where I was just like, wow, he's really immature. And I don't typically call people out for those types of things. Right. But. I'm like, he's immature. They're assigning me to him. Okay. But this is not the first time. So I, I'm I'm trying to figure out through your lens, like, do you remember when I started working for Massage Envy as management instead of therapist? And I started at the front desk and I was a front desk associate. And here I am with previous uh, massage business um, experience. I've owned my own. Cl- I've owned my own private practice, right? And here I am, starting at the front desk. I'm starting at the front desk because I have to learn the. I don't remember system. you starting at the front desk. I absolutely did. I started at the front I don't desk. Remember that. Then I was promoted to an assistant general manager. Then I was promoted to manager in training. Then I was promoted to general manager two months later, and it wasn't because I didn't know how to walk in and manage the clinic. I did. And I was right for the job on day one. But it took two months for me to learn the software, learn the ins and outs of the way this particular owner ran their clinics, to gain the trust of the managers above me to authorize the promotions. Like it wasn't about the fact that I didn't walk in on day one with experience to do it. It was about there was a there was a sequence of events that I needed to check off in order to have the well-rounded experience to walk into the manager role. It took me some time. And you're doing the exact same thing. So everyone that was in an AGM position above me while I was an AGM, they didn't have the career or life uh, experience that I did. It was obvious the mistakes they were making. Holy cow, they were leading the the clinic down some very bad directions. But Holy cow? You, I had to let them... Use profanity, we're allowed. Whatever. Holy shit! The point remains, I watched these people with less experience than I in positions that were higher than mine at the moment take the clinic down some unsavory places. Sorry, down some unsavory paths because of their inexperience. But that was part of their learning and part of their growth. And at the end of the day, I was promoted to the manager and they ended up leaving. So comparing myself to them at that point in time would be stupid because we were not on the same career path. It just at the moment in that snapshot of time, I could have easily felt the same way you did. Like, look at me. I'm an actual business owner relegated to the front desk, answering phone calls, taking angry customer calls and scheduling massage appointments. Like I'm making towels in the back and folding sheet. I mean, like I could have easily felt the way that I imagine that you're feeling right now. The difference is you're smarter than me. No, the difference is remember, you've got the college degree, not me. I didn't stick it out for four years. 
You're right. I am smarter than you. <laughs> Except in this moment, I didn't generalize the experience like you are, making me a little wiser in the situation because I knew that this was all part of what's called a life transition. And so you're doing the same thing. You're making a big career transition. It's a six-month process through this career transition. You are actually propelling yourself to go further at the end than they are. They are in their place. Like you hope that with every position you have, you're constantly learning and growing and you're kind of climbing up this ladder. But if they aren't growing and they're just in their position, then they're what we call a steady eddy. A steady eddy just continues. They show up, they do their job, they don't really grow. And five years from now, they might still be in that same position, doing that same thing, focusing on how to stack bags of dog food. You are not going to be focused on how to stack dogs bags of dog food for very long if you're serious about making this a career transition where you're moving up through the ladder. Your job is to go through and learn the alphabet, learn how to apply it, learn the ins and outs and the basics of those positions because you'll be managing those positions one day. You're not trying to be the best stalker there is. You're trying to learn the store. Yes, as a whole. I am. <laughs> you don't know me at all. I need to be the best stalker so that I can be the best manager. I know, and you will do that in the next in the next six months. But I was the best, like when I worked at my other company, I was the best film tech. I was promoted, and then I was the best editor, and then I was the best assistant manager, and then I was the best manager. Thank you. You're proving my point. How many different positions did you just list? You but I did that really fast. And you're going to do that here, too. You're not trying to be the best stalker for life. Some of the people you're comparing yourself to... I'd like to stalk you. Stop. <laughs> Some of the people you are comparing yourself to... I'll put you on my shelf. ...might only be the best stalker. They might not ever go up in those ranks. And that is not your career trajectory. So here again, you're generalizing your experience. You have to remember the perspective and the trajectory and that your experience is is compartmentalized. Now, you can be the best stalker in these six months, and, and you will be. You'll master every everything you ever apply yourself to. That's the whole point. The, but the next thing is you're not going to stop there. You're going to keep going. You see where you differ? You said six months. I said six months. I just want to make sure. How many different clear. distractions can you throw at yourself today? Hungry. Now you're thinking about this other thing. We're supposed to be on this. This is the topic you picked. I'm sorry. Six months. As you said, six months. I feel like it was because you said it in a way that was like, you, 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 you almost came at it like with an Irish accent. <laughs> Don't give me that much credit. First, second. It's called third, fourth, Stop. fifth, and sixth. It's called perspective. All right. I'm going to have some ice. I'm thirsty. Okay. Sorry for the squeaky noise. You're making so much noise today. You are a noisy... Okay, really? We normally have a little kid that comes in here. I know. Who you decided to carry in your uterus, by oh, the way, did you wanna, for did nine Did you want to carry him in your uterus? If I had one, I would have. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you going to go through all the labor pains, too? Because that'd be hilarious. Well, here's the thing. I would have had a C-section. That was not English. You're going to have to try again. I would have had a C- Ooh, this ice is cold. 
I would have had a C section. Mm-hmm. A cesarean section. They're much harder to recover from. My mom did it. Sure. She's a tough broad. And she had two teenagers helping her with that baby. Well, not according to her. She only had one. Well. But I don't know how true that is because my brother said he was there. Yeah, perspective. This is all about perspective. You can make this journey as difficult or as easy for yourself as you want based on the perspective you choose to adopt. If you're going to close your mind off to the everyday today and snapshot judgment every day, you are going to create a living hell. You're going to be stuck in the compare and despair trap and you will have done it to yourself. Now, if you can keep your perspective to the next step and the journey that you're on, you will win the compare game. You will compare yourself to them and know that every single time you do it, you are winning. I'm aware. Okay. So it's about perspective. So what can you do to set up your perspective to help you remember that in the long run, you are not comparable to these people who currently hold the title of boss over I guess I just need to listen to you. (laughs) Now, if every husband said that, we'd have happier wives. Yes, dear. But I'm not. Should we end there? It's not. I'm not trying to be right. I'm trying to genuinely Oh, yes, you. you are. I just happen to be right because I have the experience. Oh, my goodness. I'm older than you. I have the experience to know that life transitions suck. Career transitions really suck. How much older are you? Enough to know (laughs) (laughs) that you have to keep your eye on the bigger goal to get you through the times where you're learning these new skills before you can get to How where you really... How much bigger is that whole... Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> oh, goal. Goal. You, you said goal. Yes, okay, you got to keep I your apologize. eye on the goal. <laughs> I thought you told me to keep my eye on the hole, and no. I was like, I've never changed since I was a kid. Okay. <laughs> um. Well, we don't have a pop minute or news minute necessarily this week because... Um, Where Bob Barbara Walters died? Did you hear that? Did she really? She did. She's yeah. in her 90s. Let's look that up real quick. I don't There's been a that. couple of really notable I don't want to necessarily... Barbara... Look at that. Barbara Walters. She's dead, huh? Oh, she died like... She died a week ago. Well, we're, yeah, that's within our pop minute for the last okay, four weeks. Okay, she's barely, that's barely relevant anymore. You're funny. I just want to, well, I, um, I started reading, uh, well, listening to, rather, uh, the, the new, I was going to say the new Chandler Bing book. That's not what it's called. I was, I was listening to the new, um, uh, Matthew Perry book and um, let me let me tell you the the shell watch where you're going wait how am i gonna end this i'm gonna have to end this by myself that's so sad rochelle has to go pick up the baby so um matthew perry wrote a book and I started listening to it, and um, let me see. It is called... Uh, 
Friends, Lovers, and The Big Terrible Thing, a memoir. And uh, he he starts off by talking about his experience with, with alcoholism and uh, in the prologue and then goes into that a little bit deeper. And it struck a chord with me, and I've only listened to it for about 20 minutes, and I was just like, damn, I really need to listen to this a bit more. But, um, yeah, definitely check it out. If you are having issues with with drinking, um, I, I recommend uh, checking it out. If you're a fan of his, Matthew Perry's, uh, Friends fan, anything like that, go ahead and, and uh, you know, buy the book on Amazon, um, or go to, uh, shit, it's not SoundCloud, that's, if you want to listen to any of my music, by the way, you can go to SoundCloud, look up Blake Fertig, that's B-L-A-K-E, that's my first name, F-E-R-T-I-G, uh, Fertig, Blake Fertig, you can check that out, but otherwise, um, you can go to, uh, hold on, I'm losing my mind here a little bit. Matthew Perry. You have to forgive me. I'm by myself. This would be a great podcast, by the way, if it was just me, because I would I would literally just be by myself looking shit up on the internet. Um, and that's where we're at right now, because Rochelle just walked out the door. I'm by myself. I'm so scared. Um, all right, hold on. Just bear with me for a moment. Amazon. What is that called? Audiobook. Well, no shit. It's called an audiobook. Audible. That's what it is. So I'm listening to it on Audible. But again, it's uh, Matthew Perry, Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. Uh, I've li- like I said, I've listened to the first uh, to the prologue and maybe the first chapter ish and 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 so far it's it's very enlightening entertaining it's funny it's sad uh it's really good um but uh i think that about does it for us today i don't have anything else to talk about um happy holidays to everybody the holidays are over uh if you have any questions again please reach out to us on the facebook group that's you don't sound autistic YDSA on Facebook. Uh, you can go to you don't sound autistic.com. You can reach out to either Rochelle or myself on Facebook or reach out to us on the website and we'll be happy to correspond with you, answer your questions, or if you have anything that you'd like to talk about on the show, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, Rochelle would love to hear from you as well. Uh, so that we can correspond and, um, sorry, I'm just repeating myself at this point. I'm so nervous. Um, I'm Blake and I'm Rochelle and, uh, we'll be back. Uh, cue the music. Oh, by the way, the music, um, I've been working on it. This is some, this is a song that's on the SoundCloud account. Um, so it's something that you could have heard if you wanted to, I've been trying to do that, like working on the music and then posting it on SoundCloud and then using it for episodes. Uh, everyone that's listened to the SoundCloud account, I really appreciate you being a fan and, uh, I think it's awesome. And both Rochelle and I appreciate all of you 
listening. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, if there's anything, again, if you want to hear us co- cover any topics, um, throw it on the Facebook group and, and we'll talk about it. If you're comfortable uh, talking about it. And again, cue the music. <laughs>